What's up, Four Points Church? How's everybody doing? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, that was pretty good. Pretty good worship today. I told Corey before um, the second service that I think I had his little part better than him, and he wouldn't let me play it. So I'm a little bit disappointed. So next time, that little weird thing. So, But I got it. I, got, I just want you all to know. It, and it reminds me of something. Um, today uh, is week nine of Four Point Stance, and we're talking about what God's done, and we just believe we're scratching the surface of what God's going to do, and, and we're going to expect God to do more. And that's what we mean by that. And it reminded me of our worship in Pizza Inn. So I just need to ask. I just need to ask y'all. Um, how many of y'all attended our very first service at Pizza Inn? Will you just put your hand up as high as you can? Very first service. Very first service. How many of you ever attended a service at Pizza Inn? At Pizza Inn. So there's like, like 10. Um, that's awesome. And I'm going to tell you why that's awesome. Um, first, I, I appreciate you guys that were at Pizza Inn. And second, I have no idea why you stayed. Like, and it wasn't, Pizza Inn was a blessing. But we literally did this little light of mine one week with a harmonica. <laughs> let, me, let me repeat what I just freaking said, okay? Because I don't think you heard me. Holy crap. We did this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. And then today. God, I just needed y'all to get the big picture of we believe that God is moving and we're going in the right direction. That's not even what the message is about, but it's about that now. So, because I was just thinking about it sitting there going, holy crap, we've come a long way since Pizza Inn, haven't we? Because we are going to hit on it a little bit, but true story, two summers ago, because it was, I think it was summertime, uh, we were about to leave Pizza Inn, we did not have a worship leader, and harmonicas were being played and we were singing this little light of mine. And I'm going to tell you all something right now. That is a great song for your kids. If I hear that song, I want to throw up. And I, I know that's bad, but it's just the truth because it was not a good day. And uh, so I stand here in gratitude today for all the people that have helped us with our worship and the people that were on the stage this morning because my heart is full just listening to God be praised this morning. And... Uh, we're living on prayer. So it was good. It was good. Um, this morning is week nine, and it's um, we're going to expect the unexpected. But I want you to see this. And this is, uh, there's ten of them, so it's not necessarily my favorite. I like them all, but it's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and it's because of this. What we have experienced can only be explained by the power of God. Uh, obviously, if people stayed after a harmonica played <laughs> that song, right, for adults, but then there's a whole lot more. What, what we have seen and experienced so far can only be explained by the power of God. We will continue to set lofty goals, prepare to reach them. We will advance in faith and watch God work. And guys, this whole series, if today's your first time, we're so glad that you're here. Today, this whole series, this whole summer, has been about the culture that we believe God desires for our church. And in this case, a lot of you have been involved in watching this happen. And here's what I want to tell you. We have seriously only begun to see what God is going to do over the next months and years. And I'm not saying that because I'm like a pep rally pastor. I'm saying it because I really believe it. And so for those of you that raised your hand and said you were at Pizza Inn, I just wanna, I want you to look at some of the pictures of when we were, when we were there. Here is a picture of the first day. It was okay not to be okay. And then there's a couple more that Zach has. We would set up the tables. If y'all have been to the pizza inn that Davin owns on 290 right there, um, we would set it up, and it was a lot of fun. But here's how it happened. And I know most of y'all 
because you weren't here. I, we don't talk about it a lot. And I just felt like expect the unexpected. It was really fun to kind of show y'all. That was a lot younger face than no gray, if y'all will notice. Um, two years ago right now, I'm sorry, three years ago right now, 2011 in August, we visited, Austin and Josh and I visited a church plant for the first time ever. We had never even been to one. We had never stepped foot on one. We didn't know what they were like. And we had no like great plans in place um, on my anniversary, which was August the 4th. It was our 10-year anniversary, and Lee and I went to Gatlinburg, and she had bought me a book. For the first time I ever, I had written a, or read, I didn't write, I had written, uh, I keep saying it, I had read a book about church planting. It's called The Nuts and Bolts of, of Church Planting. And I was really taken back. Matter of fact, I didn't want to do it anymore because I had read the book, and I realized all that there was to it. And yet God still pulled us, still pulled us, still pulled us, and we thought maybe in two years, maybe in three years, we would do something. And God had other plans. And our path that we thought we were going to do, having never seen church plants, having never, like, we didn't have this great idea, he sped it up, and it was through circumstances that don't even matter. God had an idea and a plan in place. But th this is the part that I think is so cool. What we have experienced can only be explained by the power of God. Um, when we met in my house, there were 16 of us, and we knew that we were leaving the church that we came from and that we were going to do church. And we planned on meeting at my house. And it wasn't scary. It was just weird because we didn't know what we were going to do. We were ready to get jobs. We were ready to do whatever we had to do. And the downstairs of my house was going to be the worship area. My brother-in-law was going to play a guitar by himself. I was going to preach from like a music stand. And we were going to have the kids upstairs be the kids area. And it, <laughs> some of y'all remember that. I have no idea why y'all came, but um, we, we remember like the tension and the excitement and the, and then Davin said, hey, P10 doesn't open till 11, so maybe we could just do P10. And so what y'all saw on the pictures of like tearing tables down, that's what we did for almost a year. And it was so much fun. Like there were, I think 40 something people our first week and in the um, maybe low 30s in week two. And today I just want you to look around this is not a testimony of any one person or even any people in particular. It's just obedience. And it's just God saying, you know what, and most of you guys, I'd say half of you guys, I didn't even know who you were, maybe more than that, three years ago. I'm looking around, I don't know if I knew half of you. I bet I didn't know half of you. And that's so cool to see God change and move. And it's a testimony of, we believe we're just beginning to see what God's going to do in our church. Like, seriously, just scratching the surface. From 30-something people to this, the day before school starts back, so you're still supposed to be taking weeks off, right? You don't go, come back to church until school starts back. And I really believe God's moving, and we're so excited. And I, I just want you all to know a couple other things. Um, I'm going to tell you more about our story in September on our faith series that we're going to do. And we're very excited about that series, um, Live Free or Die Trying. But um, when we started the church, we believed that God wanted us to have multiple languages being translated at some point in time in our church. So we would be reaching people that didn't look or sound like us. And that was our intention. Matter of fact, when we first started, we would make those cards that we give y'all to pass out, and they were in Spanish. And we went to the barnyard, and we spent energy, and we spent time, and we spent money trying to figure out how to do it. And sometimes 
even with good intentions, God has other plans and other directions, but we never stop feeling the burden of what God wanted to, uh, to do for us. And like less than two months ago, right around that time, in the beginning of summer, a friend of mine that I worked with at Spartanburg Christian Academy called me out of the blue and said, hey, dude, can we get lunch? Absolutely. We go eat lunch, and he's like, dude, we started this ministry called English Crossing. It's teaching people how to learn English as, their nat- as a second language because their native lang- language is any number of other things. It's not just Spanish. And it's blown up so much we're having to expand and come to the f- District 5 Family Ministries, and we want your church to be the one that partners with it. And I, everything that when we began to talk, our stories started connecting, and I just laughed because here's the thing. So often what I do is I want to put God where he needs to be so that my story fits what I want it to be. (laughs) And God didn't tell me this audibly. This wasn't like, thus says the Lord, you must do this, right? But I knew this was the right thing. And a, a few months ago, right before we had this conversation, with Thurston and Amber, I I was like, I just don't get it because I know this is from God. But I know we're being obedient now and I don't know what we're supposed to do and I don't get it. Why don't I know? And then, boom, this falls in our lap and I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And there's, I don't know an exact number, but there's 20-something already signed up. We start September the 2nd, um, Tuesday, September 2nd, for, for two and a half months, our people, some of you guys, if you're interested, I want you to go to the Next Steps desk in the back after the service and say, hey, I'm interested in that. From, I think it's 6.15 to 7.30, something like that. Every Tuesday, uh, we're going to be loving on people. Some people are going to be teaching, but mainly we're just going to be loving on their kids and teaching them how to do things that we would have no idea if we moved to another country and it was so foreign to us and our husbands weren't with us, wives, and, and like it would be so scary. But, listen, sometimes the unexpected happens when we least expect them because God's ready to move. Or, even better than that, he prepares us to be ready to handle it. I, listen to me, thank you to every person, I'm not even saying this tongue-in-cheek, that stuck with us from the beginning. Because I look back at me, and I look back at us, and I laugh. And it's not even making fun of life. It's just like, holy cow, look what God's done. And it's not even been three years. And we weren't ready. We did not have a good plan in place. Everyone that I've talked to that is either a coaching network or a thing, they're like, y'all never should have done this. And I'm like, that's what's so cool. It was obviously from God. I didn't have, we didn't have money raised, God provided. We didn't have computers, God provided. We didn't have cell phones, God provided. Every single thing in time, God provided. And if there's one thing that I want you to leave here with today, if there's one thing that you walk away with and you're like, I don't remember anything Pastor Mark said today, remember this, to expect the unexpected. To expect the unexpected. I got to do two things. And it's just like, dude, that's so simple. You got to pray and believe God. You have to pray just to make it today. Some of y'all remember that. Uh, MC Hammer, nobody? Nobody remembers that? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll just live on a prayer. But like, it, that sounds so cliche, right? You have to pray and you have to believe God. And this isn't the prayer like right before you go to bed and you pray over your kids. This is always, always being in a state that is of prayer. So I'm talking about like before Doc does a surgery. Before y'all take a test, before you drive down the road, when you see people at a football game, when you're digging a ditch, being in a spirit of prayer, meaning at any time, 
I can call on the Lord. Not when I need something, but just because he's God and I'm not. Just because I get to talk to him and he is God and I am not. Because he breathed and made the earth and everything that is in it. And this entire universe he holds, the Bible says he holds it in the palm of his hand. And yet he wants a relationship with me. And up until Jesus came, I could not have that relationship, but now I can. Pray and then believe God. And I'm being honest with you. For instance, I'm not telling you for sure English Crossing is going to be a change to our church that is going to revolutionize everything. I think it might be. It wasn't my idea. I didn't bring it up. Regardless of what happens, this is God's church. And I'm going to watch God do what he's going to do. What we've experienced can only be explained by the power of God to this point. And we believe that God's fixing to do something so crazy that people are going to say, dude, what's going on down the road? And I don't want them to say, dude, their band is just ridiculous. I hope they do say that. But I don't want them to believe that that's the reason. And I don't want them to say, man, that pastor, he's got a good message. That's fine if they say that. But I want them to know that we're experiencing something that is not real. Life. To expect this to happen. That it's unusual. That it's bigger than us. That it's crazy. And I think this has been a struggle for as long as time's been going on. Like, it feels like it's almost hocus pocus. When I'm talking to y'all right now, I feel like there's some people that are like, yeah, that's awesome. We're going to expect the unexpected, which means we expect bigger and better things like God to do something crazy. And that's awesome, Pastor Mark, but it seems a little bit weird. I'm a little bit weirded out by this whole thing. Maybe you're getting a little bit crazy and you've gone off the deep end since you started doing this. I really think the disciples felt that same way that some of y'all might be feeling right now. Like, Jesus, it's cool that you're doing these things. Like, you walk up to people and they're like, laying there and they can't move and you pick them up or they're blind and you make them see or they're deaf and you make them hear or there's five pieces of bread and two small fishies and you feed 12,000 people that's normal right that's normal and then right after that you push us out to go on a boat to the middle of a big huge lake called the Sea of Galilee and on purpose bring a storm so that you can walk out there and look like a ghost and calm everything down and show us that's normal I'd be freaked out by this whole thing. And I got a feeling the disciples were sitting around thinking, dude, I think he's like really God, but he's kind of crazy too. Like I'm not sure what's going on and I'm a little bit weirded out by this thing. I just wish we could like know God and then kind of do our own thing. I think that all the time. My, my pious, selfish, arrogant attitude thinks that all the time. And I miss all the things that God has in store for me. And when you hear that, you think, Money and happiness, and that's not what it means. It means blessings that only can come from him, favor from God, and we miss it. And so in John chapter 14, leading up to what we're about to read, in John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples in a group, and he says to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. It's, it's only by me. Listen, that is one of the great verses in all of Scripture, John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can have life except through Jesus Christ. That is the way that we have it. And yet Philip, still confused, says, dude, I want to know the Father. Like, like give, me, give me, help me understand. Like, I don't get it. 
I want to know the Father. And Jesus said, I'm the Father of one. Like, if you know me, you know him. If you know him, you know me. That's us. We're together. I was sent here to pay the price for your sin and to be that person that is the link between man and God. I'm the lamb. I'm the penalty payer. But if you know me personally, if you trust Jesus, you know him. And then these verses. This, look at me right now. This is why we believe. I want everyone to leave here with this. This is why we believe we can expect the unexpected at this church. But it's also why we believe you can expect the unexpected at your home for yourself. This is so freeing. This is so unbelievable. This is an amazing passage for me, the believer. Because I'm fixing to tell you some stuff about me and why I love this. All right? If you have your Bibles, John 14, verse 12 through 14 is what we're going to read today. And we're going to just kind of dig in. And and look at what it says. You ready? John 14, starting in verse 12, says, Truly, truly, I say to you, truly, truly. Have any of y'all ever said that, like truly, truly? I I just want to know because I want to kindly make fun of you a little bit. Um, Like, no one's ever said that, right? You don't ever walk up to someone and say, truly, truly. Like, what I say is, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm hopefully I'm honest with you no matter what, but that's like me emphasizing, dude, I'm going to be like, truly, truly. Like, that's me saying it, right? But like, I don't know, some of y'all might have weird sayings right before you want to emphasize this, but this is what it is. It's a declaration that Jesus wants all of us to know, listen, I'm serious. I've told you all this other stuff, but truly, truly, like for real this time, for real, for real. That's what I'm going to start. So for real, for real, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Stop right there. You have to be freaked out right now in this message. Because we watched him feed the 5,000, if you're a disciple. We watched him walk on water and heal the lame and the leper and the blind. What? Not only, you emphasized that you wanted me to listen, and now you tell me I'm going to do all these things? What's, Jesus has been doing something crazy. What's going on here, right? Like, I don't get it. What's going on? And that you, they're probably whispering like happens in these meetings. Y'all been there. Who's he doing? And he says, in greater works than these. He takes it to another level. Not not only are you going to do what I've done, but you're going to do greater works than these. Will he do because I am going to the Father? You are not going to do just what we've done. You're going to do even greater things. If I was in the group, and y'all know I'm a loud mouth. I like to talk. Um. So if I was in the group, I would have probably said, Jesus, can we pump the brakes just a minute? I need to know what the crud you're talking about right now because you just said, first, you said we're going to do what you did. Then you said we're going to do greater things. Come on, man. Right? What are you talking about? How can we? So, so I, let me encourage you right now. Don't get five loaves of bread from the bylos and two small fishes and go to the first home game of the team that you like and see 12,000 people there and start going, listen, listen, John 14, 12, John 14, 12, on the authority of Scripture, the the power of Christ compels you. Don't start taking things and think that you're going to feed the 12,000 with 5,000 men and the women and children. They're going to lock you up. You're going to go to the cuckoo house, right? Because that's not what this is talking about. So if you try to do that, just tell me, because I want to put you on Instagram. I want to see this happening. I want to make fun. It's going to be a video. This guy is for real. He's trying to make bread turn into lots more bread. Like, that's not what it's talking about. It, we're not talking about feeding 5,000 people plus women and children. 
with bread and fish. If you could do it, I would watch, and I would be freaked out on the other end, like, that's really cool, but something's wrong. But, like, that's not what it's talking about at all. That's not what it's talking about. Those kind of miracles, like, even healing people, I stand back and I'm skeptical and I judge it with Scripture. If you can heal people, why aren't you at the hospital? That's always my attitude. If people are coming in to get healed and they give me money so I can heal them, they should go to the hospital and heal people for free. That's free. That's not part of the message. I'm just saying. So, like, if that's what we think this is about, we've missed it. But no, he's talking about the great work that can be done in us, through us, to change the world. What we have seen up till this point is not normal. We think that's only the beginning. Why? Because the more of us that are followers of Jesus, that are in here, get on board with what he's doing, not with what I'm doing, with what he's doing, and we all pull the rope in the same direction, we all have this. And there is unlimited power in you because of who's in you. Verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. When you read this, verse 13 and 14, I've I've seen people quote this many times. We, We claim it as a promise of God, and it is. It is a promise that Jesus made to his disciples, and I think it's very relevant for us today. But please from the bottom of your pastor's heart. Please do not take this out of context. (laughs) Please do not go beside the car dealership, right, on the way home from church. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I claim this Corvette. No, no. Like, that's awesome, but no. Like, that's not what it's talking about. And here's why. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That... The Father may be, y'all say it out loud. Say it again. Glorified. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So, so, so the way to know if you're doing this thing right, this prayer thing, asking God, like reading the Bible, everything that you do, everything that you say, every place that you go, ask this question. Am I doing it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son? Because if you're a follower of Jesus here, listen to me, what you've done is say, I am not the boss anymore. I'm asking Jesus Christ, who was my sacrificial replacement lamb, someone had to be sacrificed. It's either me or him. He took my punishment by shedding his blood. Because of that, I'm trusting him and I'm yielding under his authority, saying, it's no longer me, but it's you. You're God and I'm not. Please forgive my sins. Come in my life and change me forever. At that point, it's no longer about me. So when I ask for things in his name, it's certainly not for my gain. But so often this is what happens. We have people that pray these prayers, right? That we do these magic prayers because if you say a prayer, you're saved. And and so we'll, we'll have you repeat after me and we'll do all these things. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, as long as you don't believe that there's something magical in words. And, and, and this is, then, then we look and we say, well, God will give me anything because I got my get-out-of-jail-free card, right? I'm not going to hell anymore. I'm going to heaven because that's what God promised me. But I still get to do whatever the crud I want to do the rest of my life and live for me. No. No, this is actually saying the opposite. If you ask anything, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Do you know why? You know why he'll do it? You know why this is a promise? Do you know why we can expect the unexpected? Like seriously, do you know why this is what we can do? It's because we get 
to bring glory to God the Father through his Son because, this is Jesus' words, I'm leaving someone better than I for you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Do you know why he's better? Because you're like, that seems sacrilegious. I don't get it. It's because there was one Jesus, and even though he was God in flesh, he was only in one place, and his Spirit is in all of you. Every one of you that know Jesus, you have him in you. Now, this is why we believe that we've only started to see what God is going, not might, going to do. I'm claiming this promise. I'm not claiming it for me. I'm not claiming it so some of you feel good when you go home. I hope you do. That is awesome. But I'm claiming it to bring glory to the Father through his Son. Every single one of you can do great things if you yield under him and realize that that is power. It is the greatest untapped resource on this planet and it is the Holy Spirit that is in you and inside of me and I can ask him for anything anything with the thought that I must bring glory to the Father through his Son and he will do it and so I'll give you an example if I, if I go out and I say God in your name I want to heal this person I have to be honest with myself this is where it's hard this is what I ask myself every day, and I have to be honest. I fail at this miserably, and I hate it. This may be the thing I hate about myself the most, and I don't hate it myself. I hate this attribute. I am a glory thief. Man, I can talk really good about what we're supposed to do, but at the end of the day, when I put my head on my pillow at night and I look myself in the mirror, I have to evaluate if I was trying to get glory away from God while doing God's work. So often, I believe I have, or we have, collectively caused God not to be able to do his great things, not because he can't, because he is God, but because I want the glory, and he spares me the misery of what glory looks like for me when it is intended for God. God has spared me so many times when I have wished that he would do something great, and in turn, he has held it back because of what I am doing or where my heart is. This is my prayer for us, that we will leave here today and we will never be the same. That my end goal in life, do you know the reason that I Instagram, tweet, Facebook, things like I did this week, and most of y'all probably didn't see it, but 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, let's do it all for the glory of God. The reason I do that's not just for you. It's to remind me, that I was put on this planet to bring glory and honor to the Father through His Son. That I'm not here to make money. That I'm not here to get my name great. That I'm not here to accomplish great things and invent great things. And listen to me, there's nothing wrong with any of those things as long as they fall under the umbrella of to God be the glory through His great Son. Listen, we will change the world with the gospel of Jesus when inside of me, expects the unexpected. But it's only going to happen when I yield under him. So in order to expect the unexpected, I have to pray and I have to believe God. I have to pray and I have to believe God. And listen, when faith, when me yielding under him, trusting him as, as Savior, when faith and honoring God meet, when they meet, impossible is nothing. 
There's literally nothing that cannot be accomplished in Jesus. So listen to me now. Every one of you, every one of you, we are going to change the world. Starting September 6th, we're going to see over 300 people, and I don't think we're ever going to look back. Pastor Mark, that's a little bit bold. I don't think it's really bold. We had well over 200 today, and all of you are going to invite people. Why? Not because you have to, but because we get to, because we're free, because we believe in what God's doing. And listen, I I think that might be low. I I think God is going to do something so much greater that when we look back, we go, we've set lofty goals and we've prepared for them, but God did something even bigger. Why? Because we're not God. We just did it to watch God work and we believe that he's going to do it. For every one of you that say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, guys, this is not an option. And I'm not talking about inviting people to church. I'm talking about specifically honoring God and watching him work. Guys, we'll change the world. So two things that I want you to do as you leave. Answer two questions. One, are you sure that this is possible for you? And the only way that it's possible is by yielding under him and saying, God, you are God and I am not. Because of what Jesus did, because he loves me so much that he died for me, because he loved me and served me before I ever even thought about doing it, Lord, accept this offering that is me. Come in my life and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sins. Guys, I believe without praying, but but meaning that in your heart, you're saved immediately. And I believe some of you, today's your day, and you need to do that. And for every single one of you guys, for every one of you guys that are Christ followers, We just want to give you an opportunity to say, Pastor Mark, I need to do that. That needs to be me. My end goal is not to honor God. My end goal is to honor me. Guilty. And I don't want to do that anymore. Will you pray with me? With your heads bowed and eyes closed real quick. God, move in the hearts in the next couple minutes of our family and our friends in this room that ultimately we can honor and glorify your name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to answer these two questions. Number one, Pastor Mark, seriously, honestly, before God, for the first time in my life, I want to be saved right here, right now. I've never given him everything. I've never made him Lord. I may have even said a prayer, or this is the first time in my life I've ever even thought about this, but I want Jesus to be the king over my life and to save me from my sins, that I have a place in heaven, but I have freedom on earth. That's what I want today. Right now, wherever you are in this room, I just want you to slip your hand up as high as you can. Just raise it up. Say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I need Jesus to save me. Raise it up right now, wherever you are. Pastor Mark, that's me. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. That's me. I want everybody to look at me. Um, Everybody in here told me, that you're either saved or you're not ready. So for the entire body that is saved, there are millions of people, thousands of which live in our community, that need that very thing. And do you know how it happens? By the power that is inside of you, by the biggest untapped resource on this planet, going out and telling others, that is what I want to do. I need to honor God with everything that I do. And guys, if that's you this morning, what I want you to do, what I want you to do is just simply raise your hand up in front of your peers. And I know it's hard, but if you can't do that, it's going to be real hard to go out and honor him. And if you care, you're still trying to honor you. I need to do that. I need to honor God. I'm the first one that would need to raise my hand. Just raise it up wherever you are. That's me. That's me. Hands all over the room. You guys can see them. You are peers, and you know it. 
It is almost all of us. Guys, let's not leave here today the same. Let's stand up and declare that our God is greater than we can ask or imagine. And in him we believe that he will change the world. Will you stand?